Welcome, everybody, to episode 109 of the Whiskey and Watches podcast, uh, which I think somehow is slightly more than uh, more than Fratello Radio, which uh, <laughs> I don't know how that happened, but um, as you all can probably tell based on that joke in the title, we are lucky enough to have our buddy Mike Stockton from Fratello, Wa- <clears throat> from Fratello Watches back with us. So, Mike, welcome back to the show. Thank you, and and yes, you're 12 episodes ahead, which is just pure laziness, but Balash was on me today about figuring out when we schedule the next one, so I don't know, maybe we'll do like one week where we do two episodes a day, and we we, we pass you up. What do you think about that? If you guys do that, I would feel honored that you (laughs) care that much, that that we're ahead of you, Um, but, but I will say, you know, we were talking about this earlier, I think... I think this might be the episode that puts you over our buddy Brodinky, um, as far as guests on the show. And I don't know that that'll be something that we'll have to see when he comes back. Cause you know, he's busy with his own show, 25 episodes, you know, just a, a baby podcast as it were. Yeah. Well, like, like we were saying before, you know, he's a celebrity now. He, d- he does respond to me, but do you think he puts his pants on one leg at a time, or uh, do you think he does it uh, both at once? Yeah, I now? think he jumps into them. You, you guys, yeah, you guys put your leg, put them on one leg at a time. Yeah, I was just jump both legs at the same time. Well, maybe Buzz, we should be thankful you're still talking to us too. I mean, <laughs> yeah, because uh, you know, yeah, because I didn't like fall over and like crack my head open. Yeah, it's it's, uh, it's fraught with danger, but that somehow that's just a, an exciting way to start the day, right? It's, it's kind of more thinking that made you a celebrity that you jumped into them, but you know that that's okay. <laughs> just a thrill seeker. Oh uh, well, let's. We should probably get into so, it, Buzzy. Um, we're gonna we're, for for certain reasons, as you all will see here shortly. Uh, we're gonna go in a little bit reverse order. We normally let our guest go first, but. Uh, we're burying the lead here a bit. Buzzy, what's on the wrist and what's uh, what's in the drink? Oh, Handling's Controller. Excuse me. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. Excellent. Okay. Uh, on the wrist is my Breitling Colt Chronograph. That's the Super Quartz that I picked up probably about 10 years ago. Been getting a lot of good use out of it. Uh, recently, I've been timing things at work. You know, make make it a little bit easier on myself instead of uh, using a dive bezel. And I will always advocate for a quartz uh, in your collection to have a grab-and-go watch. It's uh, just really handy to, to have. I mean, depending on how long it's been, sometimes the date's not correct, right? But you, you know that the time's always ready to go. It makes it a very easy way to, um, you know, pick up something different on your way out of the door. So, Buzz, yeah, I uh, a great choice. Um, I mean, I've heard you mention this one a number of times. Uh, every time I come over here and talk with you guys, where when I'm in the U.S. and typically down in Florida, doing a lot of water-related things pool, beach, whatever, and I too now like to grab a quartz watch, and the last few days when I was in the Keys, I was wearing this uh, Citizen ProMaster EcoDrive BN0220, which is a 
titanium remake of a watch they made in the 80s. Uh, was like kind of a tuna, Seiko tuna competitor, and this is a lighter version, let's say. But I'm with you. There's something really nice about putting on a quartz watch that is just grab and go, you know, and you don't worry about it. Yes, it's it's very handy. Um, and I, I mean, my style is I go on streaks where I will wear the same watch for week plus at a time uh-huh. uh, and some of that may maybe is because I'm enamored with a watch and some of it is because uh, I just get lazy I will have to <laughs> set uh, the time on, on another watch and uh, I find it makes it a lot easier um, especially if yeah, I've got to get out the door to work uh, it's just a lot easier to, to be able to do something different, right? And and grab grab that quartz. The other thing too is because there's some so many of the surfaces are polished uh, on on this. It is a a nice um, dressy er um, alternative, right? So yeah, it's a classy brand too. So ah, thanks. Yeah, I I love it. Their, their years of advertising in uh, Car and Driver and all of that uh, <laughs> clearly had its intended effect and uh, burrowed uh, their their brand into my brain as a desirable thing. Nice. Yeah. So, cool. Yeah. On, uh, in the glass, Twining's Earl Grey decaf tea. Had to do the healthy thing tonight and, and go with the tea to offset all of the Easter candy I've had recently. Well, it's, uh, what is today? Tuesday. Easter was two days ago, so you're still on it, huh? You got a pace or Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We've got, uh, <laughs> we got a stockpile going. <laughs> you know, we, we, we went, uh, back home for Easter. Both sets of grandparents live there, so... The children got multiple Easter baskets. So is this up in the Cleveland area? Yes. Yes. Nice. What what uh, what part of the Cleveland area? I just have to ask. Super far east, almost into Pennsylvania, but nobody nobody knows what northeast you know that part of uh, northeast Ohio. So I just <laughs> try me. So I, I want to know. Well, yeah. I mean, you 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 were in uh, Youngstown for for a while. So, so where uh, were you, Sharon? No, uh, Conneaut. Conneaut. Yeah. Okay. Go any further north or in the lake? Any uh, further eastern Pennsylvania? How far is that from, was it Oil City? Uh, a little bit, a little ways, yeah. Oil City's in the PA. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Wow. All right, nice. Sounds good. Yeah, it was a great, great trip. Cool. Oh, I guess that means I'm next because we're we're yeah. we're burying the lead here with uh, with Mike's with Mike's risk check. So I will go ahead um, in the glass. I have a Manhattan, even though it is not Manhattan Monday, as our buddy Pandolfo would say. It is Manhattan Tuesday. Um, <laughs> Buffalo Trace. I went with Carpano Antica because it's more readily accessible than Method, and I'm running low on Method, and I needed to circle with my buddy Buzzman to see whether or not we needed to place another order and how many bottles and, and any number of those things. So that's what's there. And um, 
We do. In yes. No. We will multiple be doing bottles. That. We'll probably. We're finding that that um, finding uh, beer on Drizzly to send to our buddies over at Spirit of Time from Ohio in California is a little bit more challenging. So they may also be getting bottles of Method Vermouth uh, to pay up on that Super Bowl bet, um, which we're still working on. But in the Manhattan, I have a special cherry that was sent up from Florida um, that uh, came from. Via, via Germany, via uh, Germany, from our from our buddy, <laughs> yeah, via via Italy, via Italy. Of course, I only read the German on there. Yeah, Kirschen <laughs> von Deutschland. So, 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 Mike, why don't you tell us about these cherries? Because I uh, didn't even read the label well enough to know that they were from Italy, not Germany. Because I only found the German on the label and read that. <laughs> yeah, so I brought you guys over and Buzz. Did, no. You didn't get them yet, did you? No, not that. Yeah, they just just rolled back in the town yesterday. So and and Evan, even though you never show up when I'm on, there's a jar for you. So claim them when uh, when you have the chance. But these are Amarena Fabri. So they come in kind of a white uh, labeled jar with blue sort of uh, writing and inscriptions and decoration on there. And these cherries are the uh, they're the ones that the bartender, uh, so Antony's is my, let's call it my house bar in Frankfurt, and uh, great bartender, great guy, and this is what he uses, and they are readily available over in Germany, and fiercely expensive over in the U.S. They're like uh, Luxardo price in the U.S., and I really like them. He likes them more than Luxardo for... I guess, cosmetic reasons and, and flavor reasons and to each their own. I mean, Luxardos are great as well, but these are, these are really nice options. So I have seen them in the U S uh, we were talking before the episode, the uh, fresh market near us uh, in Florida has them, but they're stupidly expensive and they're, I want to say the small jar in Germany is like five euros and the big jar is 10 euros. And they're, I think three to four times the price over here. So strange. They are yeah. absolutely delicious. Yeah. Um, my wife is a big fan. Uh, the, the syrup, a little bit lighter than the Luxardo syrup. Uh, very, very similar to pie filling, um, which is quite nice. So, yeah, that is what is in the glass. And it is a yeah. Tuesday. So on the gl- Yes. Thank you, Mike, for uh, sending those. I can't. No, you're very welcome. Wait. Very much you're appreciated. You're welcome. And... Uh- uh, they got their I, I do want to say I applaud your packing job. Hey, you know, there are us watch people. We know how to pack stuff. And, Unpacking uh, <laughs> it was uh, was it was a task, let me tell you. <laughs> did, did you do I an unboxing have. video? I couldn't even tell what it was. Like, I, I knew what it was when he told me he sent them up. But um, unpacking them the the amount of bubble wrap and, and plastic and everything like it was it was uh, it was a task to get it open um but yes they all all three all three jars survived uh which was which was excellent so uh and then uh on the wrist um it is tuesday and we are talking with a member of the fratello team so i am wearing my caliber 3861 uh moon watch which uh it's funny because i love the way this watch looks just the Speedmaster in general. I love the way it looks on NATO straps, on fabric straps, on leather straps. But damn it, if I'm not a bracelet boy. I mean, I every time I take this watch off and put it on a strap, I love the way it looks. But then after like an hour, I'm like, 
I need to put it back on the bracelet because the new bracelet is just so good. It's so good. I just, so good. I don't know that it's yeah. as much as I'd like to think it's going to go on other things, and it probably will. It's always going to be short lived. So, um, yeah. Oh, that's cool. And and I still like the fact that looking in the window of uh, an Omega boutique, they have them. It's it's still in this day and age of scarcity around everything. Um, still something I, I still tell people we should we should all just rejoice yeah, in the and fact y- that when you, you see it in one, the window it doesn't so. say not for sale or display only i mean and the, maybe the one only. in the window is <laughs> but there's a good chance they have at least two or three in the back <laughs> but they've got one inside this yep. one is display only yep. there's five of totally them in agree. the store <laughs> anyway well no, well, we're going to go ahead and let you go, piece. and I think uh, that, that, that that comment may uh, may prove handy here in a second. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so in the glass, I just have some uh, Dickel 12 Neat, and this is my, it's my go-to whiskey. Whenever I land in Florida, I go to Total Wine, and I just pick up a uh, a bottle. Now... Interestingly, the other day I was at another liquor store I really like down here called ABC, and they've got a few locations, and they had the Dickel Bottled and Bond, which I really love. That's 100 proof. Yeah, and it's not as easy to find, but weirdly, they had it on sale for $31.99, and it's normally $45, and I was like, what? It's like... Okay, maybe bad bad comparison here. It's not like saying, yeah, you walk into a store and they have like a carton of Rolex Submariners and they're, yeah, 35% off. But it felt like, why would they be putting this on sale? This stuff sells immediately. So anyhow, got a couple bottles of that. and uh, But I'm drinking the uh, the White Label 12, which I, I just think is a really good... I think you've mentioned that on, on the show oh. before. I know Dickel. I know Dickel has come up whether yeah. it's been the twelve specifically or not. Um, that's one that you've been uh, singing the praises of for quite some time. Yeah, I, I like it, and hard to get in Germany uh, for whatever reason. I don't know why it's Diageo owned, but they don't really distribute it in Europe. And it's a reverse of the cherries, like a bottle, a $25 bottle here is like 55 euros over there, which is strange. So anyhow, um, on the wrist and yes, it is Tuesday. Um, I am wearing my moon swatch mission to the moon and, um, what to say about this thing? Well, the first thing I'll say about it is that I got it, and um, I thanked him on our own podcast, but Balash was in Switzerland during Watches and Wonders, and I have to thank the crew at Omega and Swatch for allowing us each each to order one, and yes, we paid for it and all that good stuff, Um, and he brought it to me and shipped it to me like the next day because he knew I was coming to the U.S., and I told him I really wanted to have this on my trip, and it arrived two days before I flew out and uh, cool packaging. I mean, you guys have all seen it. It's been all over Instagram and the web and all that good stuff. Um, 
I put it on my wrist and it has that Velcro strap, which I did not like. And I immediately put them on, put it on like an Artem, uh, kind of like a technical sailcloth thing with a deployant clasp, which works really nicely with it. Um, I know that these are still sort of impossible to get and for whatever dumb reason, people are buying them for over retail. Um, they are neat. They're really cool. Um, they are, in my view, just a ton of fun. And, you know, Spence, you'll appreciate this as a Speedmaster owner, but when you do look down at your wrist, <laughs> it's it's kind of like a mind <laughs> yeah. melter. You know, you just sort of like, are like, whoa, <laughs> that's kind of weird because it, it takes on the shape, mm-hmm. of course, that, that you're familiar with. And the dial's really good. Uh, quality is really good. Uh, you know, you wouldn't mistake it for an Omega on your wrist because it's super light, but it's it's really well done. And I really hope they become very easy for people to get soon because I think oh, they will really I'm, enjoy them. My debate right now is it's a matter of when they become available, which one, if not more than one, if that's possible at the time to get. Because I love, like, my favorite color is red. The mission to Mars is really well done. I like the fact that it's kind of a a, a throw to, or a th- not really a throwback, but like a throwback to the Alaska project. Um, but I think I also mm-hmm. joked um, before they. I even saw that they dropped that you know when we were talking. I think you and I were talking because you had a little bit more insider information, and you were you weren't really divulging anything. You're like, I think there's eleven SKUs, and I was like. Well, I hope that means they did one for Pluto because Pluto got the shaft, not even a planet anymore. So I was like, that's the one I'm going to get is Pluto. And then I actually really like the colorway, the, the very light gray case with like the maroon and the cream dye. Like, I actually think it really works really well. Um, and that is one of – it's in my top two. Yeah. Um, so that may be the one that I end up with um, if I don't end up with more than one at some point. Um, they're just – they seem really cool. Although the trippiest thing I've seen was somebody had a mission to uh, Uranus – which is actually how it's pronounced because, Mm -hmm. yes, I was an astronomy nerd as a kid. Doesn't matter. It's way funnier. This is true. The way everyone says it. But, (laughs) but, you're right. I just said but three times. Um, (laughs) Hey, yo. I saw somebody put that watch on the 3861 bracelet, and that is really trippy. But it fits because, I mean, it should (laughs) Yeah. No, it, it, so this, uh, strap I have on it is really light and I couldn't imagine, you know, because yeah, otherwise it becomes strap heavy as we've been kind of joking, you know, with people putting different stuff, but, um, yeah, it was, you know, I've been a swatch collector for dating myself 30 something years, it feels like. And I haven't bought a lot recently, but uh, as we all know, the traditional swatches don't mm-hmm. really have lugs that you can put straps on. And this, yeah, it uses normal spring bars. It was really quick and easy to switch it out. And um, it just fits beautifully. It, uh, I don't know. You, you, you'll see. Uh, for, for me, I wanted the traditional one because I'm kind of one of these people who likes to sort of match up the 
the this with the original and, and have it as close as possible. But I, I ordered a Neptune as well. I don't know when I'll get that, the blue one. But it's also pretty traditional in the dial sense, isn't it? So Yes. Yeah, I, I'm I don't know. Like I've been saying, it's uh it's super cool. It's not sleep out overnight cool. It's not get it stabbed. Uh it's not pay a thousand dollars cool. Uh but it's it's cool. <laughs> so one day, um, I, I I do think you guys will like them if you oh, decide to sure. go down that path. I've got a, I've got a weird question, just because of the comment that I made about the bracelet. Mm-hmm. Your your moonshine gold sure. speedy on the bracelet is that the mm. same bracelet that's on my three eight six one except in gold or very nearly the same? So if I'm not mistaken, your bracelet tapers to sixteen of the clasp, right? So the moonshine gold on mine tapers to 14, which is uh, what the original did uh, that they made. And I cannot speak for the new moonshine pieces that they're now making if they stuck with so, 16 or I am or less concerned about the taper and more concerned about the end link fitment. <laughs> do you... Do you <laughs> Why are, are are you are you gonna ask me if I'm gonna put moonshine gold on yes, this thing? I am. Or just to see what it would look like. <laughs> had, had the thought crossed your mind? I mean, I don't know if it really did. I I maybe if I got the sun version. What do you that think? That that would be maybe maybe. Yeah, a little too yellow. But the, uh, the only way to make that yellow watch even wilder. <laughs> just slap a moonshine yeah. gold bracelet on it. <laughs> well, it was really funny. Like all the Fertello team, you know, put an order in for one or two pieces. And it was like, hey, no clue when these are going to come in. You'll get them when you get them. And like everybody on the team went through. And Thomas, uh, who writes our retro articles, um, he put in one for the sun, the yellow one. And uh, Rob on our team was like, damn it. He's like, I thought we were going to get all the way through the team without somebody <laughs> ordering the sun. Because, <laughs> yeah, loud. it is loud. Very it's loud. a loud watch. But, well, Thomas likes funky watches. Yeah. So there you go. So, um, Yeah, but it, but it's funny. Like, I still remember, uh, Spence, you and I speaking um uh, the night before and i'm like yeah i'm gonna go down to frankfurt and i'll get you this one if they've got it and i'm thinking like wow what a joke that was right well it was funny we we had spangler on it's weird talking about spangler like he's a guest but at times it it feels like that uh and he he went down to the he was in dallas he's in dallas right now and he went he went he was talking about that yeah "Yeah, we had about a thousand people in line (laughs) for 45 watches. (laughs) Well, you know, it's funny, like, um, and we'll talk about it in a little bit, but I was in Switzerland a couple weeks back and I was in both the Zurich and Geneva airports on the same day. And both of which have swatch boutiques and nothing, you know, they had the case there showing all the, all the watches, but nope, nothing. So it was, uh, they're, they're gone everywhere. Absolutely gone. And, and everybody had the same idea. Oh, when we land, we're going to go and, uh, we're going to, uh, have any, yeah. 
Yeah. And, so. and as Spangler was joking about, we've essentially turned Swatch Boutique employees into Rolex 80 employees. They're like, yeah, no, of course we don't have that. What? No, you can't ask. No, there's no, you can't you can put you on a wait list. No, I'm not going to call you. <laughs> yeah, but that's the display only version yes. of the moon swatch. Oh, yeah. Now, incredible, incredible thing. And it's fun. It is. But I feel like I feel like a little bit of jerk having one and other people still waiting. And I, I just hope they pump more of them out soon. Because um, again, very likable. I think product. insanely more so, likable than everybody was yeah. expecting. Well, That's that is my position. I, I think. Yeah. Well, because you and I were talking about it, and I, I, you know, not to dwell on the moon swatch, but we were talking about it when we knew what the rumors were. And you're like, yeah, it's depending on how they do. And then I can remember the text message I got from you're like, oh, it's cool. You're gonna want one. And coming from you, <laughs> I was like, okay, I, I, I will believe that because you don't overhype anything. <laughs> So it was like, I was like, okay, this is going to be good. I kind of can't wait to see it now. <laughs> yeah, well, like, uh, I, I think um, RJ even spoke about it a bit um, in the YouTube video, but he was invited to go see it in Switzerland. And, you know, Hayek was was the one in the meeting, and it was very... I think they were honestly very curious about what people thought about this because of course there have been these comments about, you know, what does this do to the, to the Omega brand and everything. And I think when you have somebody like RJ, who's obviously a a noted Speedmaster nut, um, I mean, he saw it and he was like, wow, this is awesome. Um, I think they knew they, they at least had some, some people in the, in the boat. Right. And, uh, and it was well done. Um, yeah. The number one thing that I'm concerned about is I know from my connect in, in Miami, because I, I felt like a total G having uh, someone that was, was willing to uh, check it out and try to get one for me uh, on the release date. If they don't get... Is that DJ Khaled? <laughs> <laughs> it... Uh, it is a variety of, of rappers have have yeah various okay. connects. So what? Yeah, what? I'm not gonna <laughs> name names, right? But, uh, but yeah, um, so many of the people that got skunked uh, on the release date, uh, if they don't have the ability to either easily get one in the boutique or buy one soon, like there's going to be some big time hurt feelings there. Mm. Yeah, I, I one of one of the friends of the podcast was um was saying like eh, i don't even know if i want one anymore like that was but on the other so hand. so mickey mouse to hype this thing up and only have a, a small handful of each colorway but they will they, they will have them i mean the other thing is though how, how can you feel hurt right it's not as if these people were going into swatch every day buying stuff right this is a swatch release and if it were Omega, I could say, okay, you've got big Omega fans and everything. I know it's all under the same umbrella, but uh, the the other thing is, let, let's be honest, the three of us on this uh, podcast here and your rapper connection, we all have other watches to wear in the meantime, don't we? It's true. So, eh, it'll come and it'll still be just as cool 
as as it was on day one. Okay, if you're an influencer or whatever and want to post on Instagram, then okay, you're late to the party. But I don't think that's any of us. So true. Yeah, I uh, I, I see myself. It's funny the amount of time that's gone by. Uh, the Mercury's always been a, a strong contender, mm. uh, but man, they the Neptune's coming on strong, and then the those two have really filtered to the top. Um, well, so. yeah, the Mercury was my other choice, but it was so close to the Moon that I thought, well, yeah, then I'm just way too boring. But uh, I'm like looking at it from what would I actually wear, you know? For sure. So definitely. Yeah. So, so that's the lens watch. (laughs) It's pretty awesome that you're wearing one. That's, uh, I'm looking forward to it. The the day that that, that purchase ends up happening. But, uh, before we get into our, uh, our main topic, we should talk about our sponsor, which we still have for another. Well, we'll see. We'll see how long we have them. Buzzy, take it away. <laughs> uh, all right. So we, by the we way, ju- I want to talk about your sponsor. We will go ahead. <laughs> we will. We will. <laughs> all right. We'll uh, we'll hashtag ad time action uh, for for us here. Uh, we we're just talking about the Moon Swatch, which is a great product. But you know what else uh, is a great product? The Performance Package 4.0 for Manscaped. Um, promo code BuzzCut for 20% off and free shipping. So uh, they, they shipped us these uh, about a month ago at, at this point. Uh, of course, uh, Spence and Evan and myself all got our own individual uh trimmers there's there's no shaving or sharing or any of that nonsense um yeah the the lawnmower uh the thing's brilliant it's got a headlight on it you realize that virtually everything should come with a headlamp um the you know your 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 phone uh you can use a flashlight on on your phone but Nobody thought about putting it on a trimmer before until these guys came along. Uh, the website says that it's got a 90-minute battery life. I can't say that I have tested that out, but it, it does seem it to have like our a, uh, that, That's a lot of trimming. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, we did we did learn some things we last week, did. didn't we? Uh, good Lord. Yeah. yeah. So you, you, some people may need the 90 minutes. Uh, some people could get away with, with less than that. They've got their skin safe technology and then the, the multiple combs. Uh, so you can uh, do the exact amount of trimming uh, that, that you need. It helps you reduce any sort of tugs, nicks, any sort of undesirable uh, thing like that. So, uh yeah, you know, they they send us these. I, I, I'm very impressed uh, with it. And if if you feel that uh, you want to up your game with uh, with your personal grooming, uh, head over to Manscaped. Uh, use that promo is. code Buzzcut for twenty percent off and free shipping. And uh, yeah, you'll you'll get uh, a great uh, a great product. Help you solve some problems, and that. 
you know, just be sure to let them know that we sent you with a promo code BUZZCUT for 20% off and free. So I, I, I used the uh, the Weed Whacker, the other uh, grooming tool uh, today, the uh, the nose hair trimmer. Quite excellent. Um, didn't sneeze once. That's not anywhere near a guarantee. I've just perfected my technique, but that's what I will... Uh, We'll go out there. I, I know. I know, Mike. Uh, you, you've got a few comments about uh, our, our, our our new sponsors. Uh. <laughs> so, I mean, as a person who shaves his head and you know uh, also is used to using razors and whatnot, I mean, sounds sounds like a, an absolutely great uh, sponsor for the show. But I do have a question. Because uh, I've had a couple people, which just boggles my mind, say, "Oh, you should trim your wrist hair for your for 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 your uh, wrist shots." And I'm like, "Are you kidding me? I'm not doing that." So I, I want to see where you guys stand on this. And honestly, I have no clue how I would even do that. Right? I mean, would you have to do like a uh, like a graduated uh, shave from your hand up to your forearm or well, something this is, i don't know this is where the combs that buzzy mentioned comes in because there's a there's a garden yes um, you can set yeah yeah you're, oh, you're like exactly like you, back, you want me to yeah, do like a you doing your like high a, top fade like kitten play the, like a yeah exactly you're doing your high top style? fade um earlier uh before you were shaving everything off um you would do that from the hand all the <laughs> way you know right just above the knuckles i would imagine <laughs> all the way up to uh by the time by the time you hit mid forum i guess would be as you'd be at full length again Uh, but that would be how i would i would go about that yeah exactly you just you fade it in by by gently uh lifting off when you get to a certain point and and that's when that 90 minute uh battery life uh really comes into handy I'd use all yeah. 90 well, minutes of it, I'm telling you. know, you, yeah. 90 yeah. minutes for the one arm, and then if you want your other non-wrist shot arm to match, you can do the the other arm the following day after it's charged overnight. Uh, but the good thing is with the headlamp, as Buzzy says, you'd be able to very very clearly see the fade coming into shape on your wrist. Yeah. You, you don't want to take all that uh, care in, in trimming... Uh, your, your wrist for a wrist shot. Just have like a couple of stray hairs sticking out. That that headlamp will will help you help you see and really perfect it. Um, yeah, I tell you guys, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if I'm trying that anytime soon on my wrist, but I mean, maybe I should. I would. In theory, back, that's right? how hair works, right? <laughs> In theory, if my head doesn't. Yeah, there uh, are parts of my head that are right there. with you there, <laughs> yeah. Mike. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've got a little bit more face to wash <laughs> myself, so Well Well, something to consider for the future, right? Well, I, I would uh if I were in your shoes, I would consider the fact that I don't know whether free shipping applies to Germany, so you might might uh wanna pick one up before you had that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, promo code buzzcut for twenty percent. There's definitely off free, shipping free shipping in Florida, we know that. There much. you go. <laughs> um yes. Well, we've 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 done a pretty good job of uh, ta- hitting a couple of other in- of other topics that aren't the main topic, but uh, we should talk about a, a watch that wasn't launched at Watches and Wonders, but was launched adjacent to Watches and Wonders, which is a new Breitling Navitimer. 
And and Mike, I believe you might have been on hand for yeah. that launch. I was on hand. And yeah, so I've not done too many watch trips. You know, I work uh, a full-time job that is many times more than a full-time job. And the writing and stuff I do is, is really just... Uh, always said it's been more of a hobby and it's kind of fun and it's relaxing at night to just type out some paragraphs and things and string something together and uh thankfully i've been pretty involved with brightling for a while just uh with a a really cool group of people we've we've been invited to things where we talk about future opportunities for the brand and what we think and stuff like that and as a result of that, um, and by the way, I have to thank Fred Mandelbaum for that. Watch Fred. He uh, he was really good at, at introducing me to some folks there at Breitling. And anyhow, the the, the latest uh, trip that, that occurred with them was, as you mentioned, it was actually the day before Watches and Wonders opened. So I think it was like the, oh, goodness, I don't know, it was a few weeks ago. And... It was a, a day where I woke up in the morning, not terribly early, because I'm 15, 20 minutes from Frankfurt Airport, and I hit hopped a plane to Zurich and uh, arrived in Zurich at like uh, 9.45 in the morning, got out of uh, customs, walked into like the check-in lobby, and checked back in to a chartered Breitling flight. Um, turned out they chartered three Swiss air flights and had something like 600 people there um, for what they were going to show later that day. So it was all kind of hush hush. And anyhow, while I was checking in, I saw a bunch of people I knew, some of the folks um, that were in the little group that I mentioned. um, And we're still in this sort of world where you're seeing people for the first time in a couple years again. So that was nice. And I count myself lucky uh, for living in Europe where you just meet people from all over and France and England and Greece and a lot of people flew in. And uh, yeah, so we checked into this charter flight and then we went back through security and it turned out that Breitling with these three flights sort of uh, occupied these three gates that were very separate from the rest of the Zurich airport. And <coughs> People were coming in at all different times. We were there early, and they had uh, kind of a beverage service going on until we boarded the flight. So we had a good good few hours of uh, beveraging, and um, yeah, it was really a good time. And like I said, just seeing a lot of people, some Fratello folks showed up, which was cool, and um, got on the plane, and... George Kern was, was actually on our that. plane, and he was dressed up. Yeah, yeah, it was cool. He was dressed up like a captain, and I was seated next to head of PR for Breitling Germany, uh, Stephanie Adam, and then uh, Greg from Westheim. I'm not sure if you've heard of them, but they're a big uh, jewelry uh, or watch chain out in um, Southern California and Miami. And they carry Breitling. So the three of us were seated in this, uh, I think it was like an A330. And they walked around in like retro type 
flight uh, attendant uniforms, men and women, and out of the trays and the uh, trolleys, they handed out the new Navitimers for people just to like go hands-on with while we were on this uh, on a flight, which we then found out was to Geneva. And that's pretty wild because it's like a 15-minute flight, but they extended it out to like 40 minutes. So they were given a bit of a product spiel uh, over the monitors on the, the the plane. They were talking about it over the microphones, and we had these, these watches, and we are just passing them back and forth row to row. Um, landed in Geneva. Once again, you know, went, went out of uh, baggage claim, and then they had another area booked at Geneva Airport where they had all the watches lined up. They had a product display or product introduction. So they had uh, Sylvain, uh, who's their head of design, talking about the watch and, okay, four <laughs> beverages, not going to lie. Um, <laughs> but you know, come into the watch because I know given quite a preamble about the whole, uh, to do that day, um, the new Navitimer and you guys saw them. It's uh three sizes, 41, 43 and 46 millimeters. All use the BO one in-house, uh, automatic movement, which is super cool because especially, uh, the 41 millimeter never used that before. It always used uh 7750, at least in modern guys. Um, uh, 41 millimeter is the historic size going back to like the fifties and sixties and early seventies. So the watches very much take from that period, the old 806, um, much more of a kind of a flatter crystal, a little bit domed, um, but the dial not so far away from it and some amazing colors. Uh, I was really impressed with the watches. I, Kind of knew what was coming, uh, but seeing them in person, the finished product is always really amazing. And I know you guys mentioned it on your last podcast, but they're doing some really neat stuff with color. Uh, you know, the greens, the ice blue, the ice say, blue that is one, really my that favorite. That one looks really good. What is that so, available in all three sizes or just? I think okay. just the forty-three, which. You know, strangely, um, 41, and I own a couple vintage uh, Navitimers, so I know the size, but on the vintage pieces, the lugs are a little bit thicker. On the modern 41, they went thinner, and I think in order to make it a bit more approachable for, well, both sexes, because they all the advertising material is both Mm -hmm. men and women wearing the Navitimer. Um, but also those for smaller with smaller wrists. Um, so the 43 strangely fit my wrist, uh, which I wasn't expecting. So, you know, for someone like yourself, I would say trying both would, would make sense. Um, but it was only available on the 43, I believe. Yeah. It's just such a good color. So, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, this whole, um, Un- unveiling process seems like the most um, sweet, but like also like disorienting possible way of doing it. Right, just uh, hanging out in the airport all morning, uh, having having some uh, beverages, and, and then going up in the air. And I, I just uh, I can't imagine a sweeter, but also like. Um, 
you know, just you've got a, a variety of information coming at you, and then they wheel out the watches, etc. Uh, was there any point where you thought, man, it feels really cool that my uh, January article of watch wishes for 2022 <laughs> like completely knocked it out <laughs> of the park, uh, and Brightwing delivered exactly what I asked for? Yeah, I mean, I was thinking about that. I mean, I won't lie. I kind of had an idea they were going to come at some point, um, but I didn't think they were going to do it like that. And uh, it was pretty decadent, but in sort of like a 1950s jet set way. Uh, They did carbon offset the flights, by the way, which was a a big thing they they spoke about. So because it was it was decadent. yeah, I, I'm I'm really happy they did it. I guess they chose this year because it was the 70th anniversary of the Navitimer. Um, because otherwise you would say, all right, why wouldn't you make that first? Because that is their most iconic watch. Although, you know, it's not incredibly... Like like the uh, Chronomat, for example, is probably... A, it's a beefier watch, right? You can go into a pool with it and not worry. Um but it was nice that they they got around to this finally. And yeah, I, I keep telling people, I mean, if you look at their collection overall now, it's pretty damn good. I mean, they're not uh, missing much, are they? It's, it's, no. uh, I, I, I like the fact that they waited for a major anniversary, uh, to, to release that very, very Roman. They, they found the anniversaries, especially auspicious. Hmm. Um, you know, without having to stare in the the sky to look at birds to to determine the auspices or anything, so uh, they, they they love pulling that stuff. It's <laughs> hilarious. Um, well, there's you know, there's only one more, I guess, big model for them to to redo. They've basically done everything else, um, and that's the Super Ocean. You know, the the normal Super Ocean has been around with us for a while they've added some colors and things since Kern has arrived but hopefully they'll get around to that one too i think um you know breitling hasn't really been known as a diving watch historically speaking more on chronographs and things but i i'm sure when they get around to it that they're going to do a great job because everything else they've done i've i think has been a real upgrade versus five years ago Yes, without a doubt. I, I think it will be interesting to see how long it takes um, for, number one, the market, but number two, um, the us market, as in you know, hardcore enthusiasts. Because obviously, um, we, we are actually a very small very vocal mm-hmm. part of the watch buying public, but a very small part of it. It'll be interesting to see how long it takes for the public's um, expectations to kind of get recalibrated, you know, to, to what they're offering. Because it's it's really interesting to see them. Um, yeah, they're definitely pushing more toward a Rolex type price point, right? I mean, sure. these navvies are you know ninety five hundred. Uh, bucks and um, even those um, those Super Ocean thirty uh, sixes, like the, the little uh, uh, Rulo uh, bracelet uh, guys. I mean, those mm-hmm. are like around five grand. Um, and I, I think that there's uh, 
there's value there but I also like I'm like a uh, self-avowed not not cheapskate but like value what's the, what's the nicer way to say uh, cheapskate related guy uh, it's, it's definitely not <laughs> there's, there's a difference there um, but well, uh, I mean you're I, looking yeah value for money and, and how do you how do you consider a brand or how do you how do you value them um, yeah because at what? the end of the day, I mean, it, it, any any one of these, uh, any watch purchase like this is just, it's ridiculous. It's... Yeah, it's a lot of money. It's a, it's a ton of money. Yeah. I mean, you think about, uh, you know, put the, put the clock back to, like, World War II, right? And your, uh, you know, your grandfather's uh, floating in the Pacific Ocean after having his ship blown up, right? And, you know... Oh well, yeah. You know, your your grandson might uh, you know spend thousands of dollars on uh, on watching Watch. at some point. Well, you know what? What the hell are you telling me? Like, right? Like, um, it, it's just kind of an inherently absurd thing. Um, it is. No, I mean we we the product we talk about is in that way. Um, but you know, if I if I come back to Breitling, I do think. If we're talking about a luxury product, I at least feel that they're making something now that is as good or better than, you know, what most of their competition is doing. And you see that like in the bracelets, you see it in the finishing, things like that. Uh, Things that, like you said, uh, we're not the, the mainstream buyer, but we are incredibly nitpicky about things. And I think that they've they've gone into that level of detail. And here again, knowing that their lead designer, uh, he's the kind of person who looks at all those things and fights with the uh, manufacturing folks who say they can't do this or that, right? Or the the sales folks who want a a date window here and uh, people like us would would applaud him. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, I think, uh, sure, expensive stuff, but I think they're they're making really nice things no doubt oh for sure and i i mean you you can i haven't gotten to handle one of these in in person but i mean even even just this uh, uh clasp that that they came up with I, i'm not uh yeah I, I typically like a normal uh fold over but good goodness this is sweet the yeah. like <laughs> hidden high polish brightling with like the this horizontal stripes i just um yeah little details like that it it's clear that that they've stepped up they've taken an already good product and made it just ridiculously good it'll it'll be interesting i think how long it takes for for the market to i I kind of wonder about that that. though because a lot of what they've been doing and i think this this release included kind of speaks to both in a weird way. I mean, if you look, they've got the three different sizes, the 41, the 43, and the 46. You know, I, I would say that I still think that the, the, the normie watch buyer, as it were, is probably gravitating more towards a still slightly larger size watch. I know some of the market you're seeing go a little bit smaller, but, you know, the, the, one of the first releases that they came out with that I was like, wow, this this really is a great release was the chronomat with the the salmon and the and the black sub dials 
just the way that watch looked and fit. It's still slightly larger than I think where like the collector would be looking at, but it wears really well at 42. I think it works for a lot of different wrists. And I still think it's, it's going back to kind of their vintage model that they had, but at the same point still with a, a modern focus to kind of speak to those two audiences. So I, th- I think they're really doing a good job of walking that line. Um, because my guess is, you know, it, it, as I go back and just kind of think about watches in my consciousness, there were really two brands that I can remember, probably even more so than Rolex. I mean, I knew Rolex existed, but those were Omega because of James Bond and Breitling because of you know, just mm-hmm. pilots everywhere. <laughs> Let's be real. <laughs> and all of their advertising. <clears throat> yes, him too. John Travolta. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, I mean, those ads were everywhere. They were everywhere. Um, and yeah, I mean, Breitling was, I forget, like, I always bring this up uh, when this was. It was like I was, oof, had to have been early 90s. So we were on a cruise and we stopped in San Juan and there was like a Breitling place and my dad was interested in looking because Breitling had gotten a ton of press. Apparently at that time they were, I don't know that they had made the claim. I don't know if this is true. They had made the claim that they were out selling Rolex that year. And, you know, this is when everything they were selling had like, um, like blue shark skin straps and, you know, they're highly polished and things like that. And I remember my dad looking at one and he was close to getting one and he didn't in the end. He just doesn't love chronographs. He doesn't like a lot of busyness on the dial, but they were the thing. I mean, they were really the thing growing up. Breitling was, was big and I still see tons of people walking around with that era of Breitling on. So yeah. And for me, Okay, after that period, it's like they were gone for a long time. They just didn't make anything that I could either wear or anything that I really wanted. And I feel like they're relevant. They're really relevant now. Yeah, without a doubt. It, it is funny how that's, you know, a, the non-watch buying public, it, Breitling has big time name recognition. I feel like them and um, Tag Heuer also. And I think that like those two brands, it's definitely the biggest uh, disconnect where like the general public um, has high recognition and opinion and, um, you know, the uh, super uh, enthusiast community. Like there are a lot of other brands that like the people are more into, I would say. But yeah, it, it, there's a lot of a lot of buzz around Breitling. No, no pun intended. I mean, the uh, people people recognize what uh, what they're bringing to the table. Yeah, it was a, I, I called it a super ocean earlier. It's the the Chronomat 36. That I was uh, thinking about. That thing rules. Um, man, it's no, it's, it's a great cool. it's a great watch, and. I'm with you. Like when I saw him debut it, I was like, Oh, don't call this woman's watch. Just call it a watch. (laughs) Yeah. You know, just call it a watch. (laughs) It's a great watch. Yeah. So, yeah. 
So what else do we want to talk about, gentlemen? Uh, I think, I think we should talk about the uh, the big event that was after the Brightling release. Um, and you know, we 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 covered a lot of the Watch and Wonders releases a couple weeks ago, but the the I think you had mentioned we didn't touch on certain things that are kind of some hidden gems. Um, that yeah. uh, may, may be some sleeper hits. So I, I know we got a little bit of time left. Uh, we should probably talk a little bit about some of those, um, not 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 the splashier releases, but some of the ones you're like, ooh, I kind of forgot that, that that debuted. And I know you had one in, in mind in particular, Mike. So I'll let you go ahead and lead off with that. Yeah. Yeah, so I was uh, sort of digging through articles and websites and whatnot and the watch that i keep coming back to that i keep thinking about from watches and wonders um that doesn't get a lot of discussion is a rolex actually uh, but it's not any of the the big pieces like the the left-handed gmt or the air king or um yeah the the yellow gold yacht master the date eight that they came with um it's actually a white gold 42 millimeter yacht master with a blue falcon's eye dial and um i love the well i don't know if you guys have ever tried on the oyster flex bracelet but it's fantastic it's it's really good um um and I think I wrote in my article just the yellow gold or the rose gold 40 millimeter version. I happened to be in a meeting and the owner of a company I was meeting with was wearing it and he was Italian the guy knew how to dress. I mean, he just had this like effortless look like I swear probably wakes up and looks better than 99% <laughs> of people do, you know, just like, <laughs> um, anyhow, he was wearing this watch and, we had dinner like on a lake or something and it was like, man, this watch fits so well. It just like works so perfectly in this, in this moment. And it just gave me a different appreciation for that watch. Uh, so I've always liked these oyster flex pieces. Uh, and like I said, having tried one on really nice. So yeah, this, this Falcon's eye piece has uh, if you know what tiger eye is tiger's eye quartz, which buzz I'm sure you do. You can probably give us the uh, the uh, chemical breakdown of, of why it's brown and all kinds of things. <laughs> yeah, I uh, these days it's uh, mostly uh, various grades of stainless steel or uh, polycarbonate. My uh, my materials world has uh, has become a very small world indeed. So, well. But you know Tiger's Eye Quartz, correct? Yes. Yeah. So this is like a blue version called Falcon's Eye, which honestly I didn't really know existed. And uh, Rolex decided to put it in this uh, white gold 42 millimeter date uh, or Yachtmaster on a, on a black oyster flex, and I think it looks really great. You know, I've for whatever reason grown to appreciate stone dials on Rolex watches and. I remember seeing, say, when was it? Maybe it was November when the last auction period was. Um, there was like a 90s yellow gold Submariner with an onyx dial. 
and it literally looked like a normal black dial yellow gold Submariner. But if you stared into it, you could tell it was stone and the way the, the font was printed on it or something. And it sold for like, I don't know, like seventy or $80,000. It was something crazy. And yeah, these, these stone dials that Rolex does just really kind of jump out to me. And this one was one of them. So, and, uh, I looked at the pricing. It was 30,100 euros, which is not cheap, but the yellow gold one that they came out with was 26.5. So for 3,500 euros more, you know, if you're spending that kind of cash, getting a kind of a neat stone dial like that and all loomed, you know, no diamonds or any goofy stuff like that. It's pretty cool. Um, so I don't know if you guys had a chance to look at that watch. I go ahead, Buzz. Yeah, I I really like. Yeah, I, th- there's something about uh, sport models on on the Oyster Flex that I, I just inherently like. Um, there there's something kind of uh, it it's simultaneously it's practical, but it's also a little irreverent because this thing's so expensive and even though it is a very finely designed um, and, and, and engineered you know the Rolex is very insistent that, that this is a yes. bracelet uh, who are you going to believe Rolex or your lying eyes um, you know don't, don't dare call it a rubber strap um, I, I like it I mean number one um very, very practical, very nice to not have to worry about dinging up a, a bracelet. But, um, yeah, the, the Yacht Master, there's something super cool about it uh, because you, you've got the, the precious metal uh, aspect. I just, I, I really, I find that appealing. Uh, when I was on vacation last year, um, when we were getting ice cream, uh, somebody had a... Uh, uh, a Daytona uh, on a Oyster Flex um, because you know that's my ice cream watch too, I suppose. And uh, just it, it looks as sweet in the wild as it does on the internet or at uh, at the Rolex boutique. Um, the stone dials, I, I I have a feeling that uh, to to truly appreciate uh, one one should see in person. Um, yeah, I'd be. Uh, be tickled by by uh, either one of those that that they released, and I mean I think that was on our uh, our recap episode. Yeah, that was the um, the 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 plain uh, yellow gold one was like my favorite thing that Rolex came out with, even though I thought they already had it in their catalog. <laughs> that was that was kind of one where you were shocked. It's like, oh, you guys don't already make that? Okay, all right. <laughs> I'm glad you do now. <laughs> Um. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think of other watches that we didn't cover in depth, or you know. Well, the only the only other one that I covered that wasn't really a Watches and Wonders release, but it did drop at the same time, was the the call it the smaller sized Aquastar yes. Deep Star Two or Deep Star. Sorry, not the Deep Star Two. So. Yeah, they 
in 2020, they came out with like a 40 and a half by 50.5 millimeter uh, chronograph. That they, they dropped that, and a great watch, but 50 and a half lug to lug on my wrist, for example, just doesn't work. And they came out with a 39 millimeter version right in the smack dab of uh, Watches and Wonders, and I, I had one sent to me and really nice um they kept the i want to say the lug to lug is somewhere around 48 millimeters so it works really well or 47 um and interesting has like 21 millimeter lug width which i think they did to keep the proportions correct uh, some people were complaining about that. It's not thin. It's 14.8 millimeters, so it uses the same movement as the the one that came out in 2020. Uh, but, you know, we talk about thickness all the time, and, okay, sometimes I even complain about it, and then, you know, I just need to stop and tell myself I really need to try the watch on before I complain, on it, complain about it. I need to stop... Uh, just assuming things like the Black Bay Pro and, and stuff like that. I should mm-hmm. just wait and try it on, you know, because um, this fits nicely. It fits well, and they pretty much sold out the first year. Uh, so that was kind of a cool release that didn't get a lot of coverage, and I've got a hands-on article that should come out in a couple of days, so people get to see some other pictures as well. So No, I think that, yeah. that size is a... Uh a really, really good sweet spot for them. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's nice that they were actually able to size that down a couple of millimeters. Like you said, it, it trying watches on, especially, and I think that's the difficult thing with a watch like that is being able to try it on. Cause I think you kind of have to take the leap of faith as a regular yeah. consumer to make that purchase to say, okay, I think this will fit. How, how do you, how do you like it? Um, and, you know, just being able to, Try that on. I think ahead of time is good. If, which again, like I said, for this is is is, is very difficult to do. But it, it's it's a nice, you know, it's true to the vintage, true to the vintage model. But I I also think it it, it wears nice. And I, I remember the design of that watch when that one first came out, the the, the larger version. It was absolutely killer. Um, just a really nicely done, really nicely done piece. So it, it, it's nice to see them continuing to to kind of evolve that a little bit more. Um, just because I, I think they're really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And 300 a year. I mean, oh yeah. They'll, they'll sell them. Right. And, uh, big time. Yeah. I mean, personally, I like the time only really one, cool. um, that they came out with last year. It's fits so nicely. Um, but this is a nice addition. And I think a lot of people, when they think of Aquastar, they think of a chronograph. So yeah, that was another, kind of a cool drop um yeah but you know i not to like dwell on the watches and wonders but i said to people um this year was really quite a it was a a quiet year in my view it it was strange it was like there were nice things but nothing that really truly jumped out at me um you know balash's comment in in a recent podcast was that a lot of the brands he met with in Geneva said that they've got, you know, more coming in August. Um, A lot of them have been 
sort of conservative in what they've released the last two years for obvious reasons. So seems seems that they've got brands have things in store and they're going to just drib, dribble them out um, over time. So hopefully we'll see more and more. But as a show overall, I was a little bit um, yeah. Normally there's like something I walk out and go, oh, I've got to have that absolutely. And there wasn't really anything that jumped at me this time. So. Oh, man. Moonswatch took all the air out of the room, you know. <laughs> Two hundred and fifty bucks, right? <laughs> yeah, it, it it's truly incredible um, how that. I mean, you could you could call it a stunt, you could call it a release, whatever. I it just <laughs> it just completely, yeah. You know, oh yeah, okay. This uh, watches and wonders show is is uh, happening, but no, nobody's. Yeah, everyone was still thinking like, oh, you know, God, what, uh, what, what's my top three colorways? Or um, it's just incredible. It's incredible yeah. how the the impact that had. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I, I, a lot of interesting. Well, like, like, uh, I'm kind of with you, Mike. There was there's one obvious thing that Buzzy and I have talked about, uh, kind of ad nauseum. Um, on uh, what's on our radar that we liked that came out. But other than that, I'm with you. It was kind of a, uh, I'll be interested to see what other people come out with in August. If that's what they say, maybe they'll do another show in August that we can all, um, virtually attend and, and, and see what's going on there. But, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I'm with you. I, I will say, <laughs> sorry to, to extend it a little bit, but I do think that, um, I do like the Zenith uh, Chronomaster Sport pieces they came out with, whether it's the all gold or the that steel one with like a multicolored bezel. I think those were nice looking. And the two tone, big fan of the two tone, well, and right? then obviously Buzzy and I are on record as uh, being huge fans of the uh, new baby PPX. So, um, <laughs> yep, that one. Yep. No, that's true. I I would like I, to see one in person for sure. Incredibly wearable, uh, 39 millimeters was <laughs> a fantastic choice, and just a little bit more tame with a uh, with a, a solid dial. So I'm I'm really really excited about that. But you know, it, Mike, as always, cool. It is uh, always a blast having you on, especially when you're stateside. So we're all drinking at normal times of day, and um, yeah, we'll have to we'll have to see. It'll be interesting. Maybe at some point we'll get you and Bro on. Um, so you can uh, you can retain your lead from him uh, as as the the most decorated guest uh, on the show. But it's always a pleasure catching up. It's great to have you on, and um, we will chat. Uh, I'm sure the probably the next time you're stateside. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thank you guys, and uh, wish you a great rest of your evening. And uh, yeah, look forward to speaking again. Thank you. See ya.